All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we have the legend, the myth, the woman here with us today. She's a Golden Globe winning actress and an Oscar nominated actress for Agnes of God. Welcome to Academy Queens, Meg Tilly. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, it's, it's funny because when you say all that, it, it feels it feels like you know we're playing at, at radio <laughs> like i don't feel like i really actually all those things really are are me but they are it's interesting that sometimes uh, this other person i was uh-huh understood um it's kind of cool too because you and your sister jennifer you are mm -hmm. a really unique duo because you're up there with Maggie and Jake Gyllenhaal, Julie and Eric Roberts, Jean and Peter Fonda, River and Joaquin Phoenix, and Vanessa and Lynn Redgrave as sibling Oscar nominees. Yeah, I, it, made, it feels extra special, you know, I, that, that we both were, and for such different uh, types of jobs, and, you know, I, I just, I admire her so much, and um, it's just, it does feel really, really special. She's actually the reason I I act. I mean, we all acted, but when we were little and growing up, um, she would write plays and we would act them out. And then she wanted she did plays in high school. And I remember the first one I did because I was into the ballet, so that's what I did all the time. Is they were doing Our Town, and um, and they didn't have the little brother. I can't remember what his name was. And so she talked me into to playing her little brother. So that uh, they could put the play on, and so that's how I did a couple of plays in in high school, is because of her. Because I just, I don't know, you know, your sister, you look up to, and whatever she thinks is cool, you think is cool. So I followed her when I got when I got hurt. I was I used to be a ballet dancer, and then I was injured. So um, then she said, "Well, come to L.A.," and I did, and we lived in a little apartment together, and um, she showed me all the ropes. I mean, she has her own success, which is way huger than anything I did. But I do feel that me actually having been able to go out, audition, I didn't know anything about headshots. I didn't know anything about, okay, this is what you do. And she, it, so a, a good deal, I think, of what happened to me is, is because of her. No, that's amazing. I mean, if anyone's going to have your back, I hope it's always a sibling. And what, you know, who better to have than Jennifer in your corner? So very much kudos to the yeah. both of you on that one. Um, you mentioned dancing. You did start um, with Fame. Uh, that was your first yes. film, correct? Yes, that was my first film. So I was a ballet dancer. So I, studied, I started ballet late. I started it, I was almost 15, but I just took all the classes that there was to take. So I'd take classes with the five-year-olds, the six-year-olds, the seven-year-olds. After school, I'd just take the bus to the ballet school that was in town, and I would take all the classes right up till the adult classes at night. And then I'd go home and I'd do my homework, and then the next day I'd rinse and repeat. And I just loved, loved dancing, but we'd always lived in the country, so there was no access to it. So... Um, so when I when I um, graduated from high school, then I took the Greyhound bus across the country to New York, and I arrived there. And um, it was very scary arriving at Port Authority Terminal in um, 1978, where it was a very scary place, and I didn't know anybody. And then um, gradually, I found I found my way. So first, what happened is a girl um, who whose mom I had known from. 
uh, I had danced in Seattle on for a few months and boarded with her. And so she had put me in touch with her daughter, but I'd never met her daughter, who said I could stay for a couple of days until I found a place. And they had a place in the Hell's Kitchen. And that was when it was Hell's Kitchen. And we were lined up. I remember that first night we were lined up uh, like sausage rolls. It was a studio apartment. There were five people, including me. And we just lay on the floor, like, you know, head to toe uh, until for the morning. And, and there was a, the police were called to the apartment next door. It was very, very scary. And um, and then a, a few days later, I, I managed to get a, a a little apartment. And then I was too scared to go out. And then so I just scurried across the street because the police had been called. And this guy was beating up this person in his apartment so I was really, really scared, and I'd just go across the street and get some food at the grocery store and bring it back. And I had—I remember having a honeydew melon in my sink because I just had a sink uh, there and uh, to wash up and stuff, and uh, and eating it until I had to go out for more food. And after two weeks of being just terrified out of my skull because I came from a small town, I just thought, "No, you came to New York to dance. You have to go out there." And I went out. I got in my ballet clothes and I went and I walked until I saw two people who had the dancer bodies, you know, the little buns and the turned out feet and long, long lean legs where you could tell that you can tell by how they looked under their clothes, if they're good dancers or not. And so I followed them onto a bus and uh, it spit me out at Columbus circle. And they went to, um, it was an old ballet teacher, David Howard, that was well known then where um, Michelle, uh, Kelsey Kirkland took there and, all these big famous dancers took there and I studied there for around a month. And then this guy who I'd been on scholarship with in San Francisco showed up at one of the classes. He said, Oh, you have to go to Madame Darvash. She's amazing. And she was just a couple blocks away because all the dancers, a lot of the dancers were in that area. So I went there and she gave me a full scholarship and I studied with her. And then that's how I, and then I auditioned for fame and there was thousands and thousands of people, but everybody was auditioning and I got in as a dancer, but oh my goodness, that felt like the most exciting thing ever. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm sure. Oh, I've got it made now. Yeah, but we dancers were kind of a little disdainful of the actors and we didn't understand why the actors got paid more because we had to rehearse for three months and we had skills and we danced and oh, actors, they just pretended to be other people. <laughs> you get paid for that? So when I fractured my back and I they were I was told I I couldn't be a dance anymore I, I didn't have any skills and so I thought well what can I do and then I thought well I certainly could you know pretend to be somebody else I've been doing that my whole life and so I um, I talked to Jen and I went out to L A took a bus to L A and started acting. Very nice. That's incredible. Um, a, a few years after you did Fame. You did this little movie called The Big Chill, which became <laughs> yeah. quite a uh, phenomenon. <laughs> now, uh, the story goes yep. that you all boarded together for a while in order to yes. get the uh, get familiarity with each other. So can you go into how true that is? Yes. Okay. So what happened was it was um, uh, Larry had a, a month of rehearsals, which is very unusual for a movie. Usually at, at those days, you know, if somebody's being luxurious you might have a week or six or five days you know to read through the script and go through Milos Forman also did when I was I was supposed to do Amadeus and we had seven weeks of rehearsal uh, but that that you know 
was Milos. Um, but a, a, a month was really unheard of. And he had, Larry had, not only did he have a script, the regular script that we shot, he had another script as well of scenes that happened in between the scenes that happened that you see on the screen. So that um, there would be scenes that I would rehearse with Bill that nobody else had access to or knowledge of because we'd rehearse it separately. And, um, and we also did, you know, kind of some improv sometimes, but it was really um, quite, quite wonderful. And we all were, we rented these, uh, they rented these uh, um, condos for us, excuse me, take three. They rented these condos for us on the ocean side. And I think this was in South Carolina. And so the car, the van would go from place to place. And Larry had everybody stay on the set as well. So when you weren't shooting, you only were shooting a little thing. Everybody was just on the set because he wanted that feeling of group and camaraderie. And so um, you would just go in the morning. They'd pick you up around 530 in the morning. It would be dark and we'd all pile into this van. And um, some people would be grumpy in the morning and some people would sleep. And everybody's just like, you know, like puppies of you know, just flopped on laps, flopped on shoulders. And um, on the way home, it was a different feeling because we were all feeling rather exuberant from finishing the day. And sometimes they'd stop at this gas station. We'd get the driver to stop and we'd pick up, you know, some things for cooking for that night, some fresh shrimp or some fried chicken or some, you know, we'd sing songs and harmonies. And, um, and then on the weekend, there would always be some kind of party. So it was usually at... Um, Glenn and um, was it Mary Kay were sharing a place and then um, and then Kevin and Jeff were sharing a place and it was usually at one of their places and then we would all bring potluck so we would make food and um, somebody had been given a trivia pursuit before it came out and they loved nice. everybody loved that except <laughs> for me because I grew up without TV so I knew absolutely no trivia we didn't go to the movies other than the Shakespeare Festival so my piece just stayed there and everybody else was whipping around the board um, so yeah that, that was sort of what it was like shooting nobody thought it was uh, well Larry thought Larry really believed in it and I think people did but I think we just got so comfortable with it and so familiar with it but it was a bunch of us sitting around and talking and, and nobody really knew it was going to be that successful. I, they didn't think, I mean, everybody was having fun shooting it, but they were kind of um, making fun a little bit when, when we were actually after it was a success, everybody said they knew it, but actually when we were shooting it, people didn't know. <laughs> it's crazy how the big chill essentially became a phenomenon for that decade too. You know, you think of the eighties in film, yeah. you think of, the Goonies and you think of ordinary people yeah. and then big chill. And it's, 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 I always find it fascinating w with projects. You know, you said Larry always knew that would be big, but as an actor, I feel like you don't really like, you just hope for the best. And yeah, it, right. you know, it came, it came out to be this amazing thing. I mean, best picture nomination, Glenn Close got a supporting actress nomination. I mean, it yeah. was huge. It was huge. It still is. They had the 30th anniversary in Toronto, and people flew from all over the world. And the, 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 it was a huge theater, and it was just filled to the top with love. I mean, people, people love this film. I, I didn't know. I, I think of all everybody, because I didn't go through the, that time period as they did, because I was a decade younger. 
which seemed like such a difference when I was young. And now it's like, <laughs> I have friends way older than they are, you know, but at the time when I was, you know, I don't know, 20 or 21, I, I, you know, they, they seemed so much older in their thirties. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they were just babies too. It was funny, but yeah, we had a, we had a good time and it was, it did really res- resonate with a lot of people and still does. Um, it, it's, it's, really it's really lovely to to have been involved in something that was such a good experience while shooting it that it actually was successful because as you said Brandon you just don't know are you an actor as well no I acted in school but I'm not a professional actor oh yeah but you know like sometimes we think oh it's the best thing oh there's been films that I thought were gonna be amazing I'd read the screenplay and I think this is hilarious and they We'd laugh out loud, and then I'd do it, and, and I'd go to see it, and I couldn't even stand to sit through, the, the, like, the screening because it was just so horrifically bad. And you just have no control over any of those things, you know. You can do your best job possible, and it can still just lie there like a clunker. There's so many things that go into making something good. Um, so what, what you really have to do is just, um, I think for actors, if there's actors out there listening or anybody in the creative field, it's the same thing with books because I write books now. Or It's like you have to uh, go in and, and the pleasure that you get and the reward is really in the doing. It's in the creative process, not um, what people's uh, opinions are of it. Or Because I found some of the movies that um, did the worst, I actually learned the most from my characters and took a piece of them sometimes with me that changed the trajectory of my life. So you look at uh, it. I guess it's kind of like, you know, we all have friends who seem to have or appear on the surface to have these perfect relationships or these wonderful, um, you know, where it just seems like apple pie and what you always dreamed of as a kid and as an adult as well, but you didn't think existed. And some, some of them really are, but some of them, you know, when the covers are peeled back, it, there's there's maggots underneath. And, and I think that, well, I don't know where I'm going with this analogy, <laughs> but I'm just saying that sometimes the best, the best gifts aren't the ones that to the public are the most successful, but are the ones where it was the tenderness in the shooting of it and the kindness of uh, the relationship that you formed. And they are temporary relationships. It's very, very rare that um, friendships, last much longer in the intensity that they are when you're shooting it's i have a handful of people uh, a very small handful of people who have remained uh, very close friends but not even a handful <laughs> a few <laughs> a couple <laughs> but they're the keepers you know right. and the rest are wonderful experiences they have but but not 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 in not somebody that's going to be in your day-to-day life and that might not be that the other people weren't keepers as well it might be that i'm just incredibly boring and you know <laughs> it's fine to act with but you know ooh, not fun at a party <laughs> <laughs> who knows yeah and you know post big chill then you have impulse and in hill street blues but right mm-hmm. after those is where we're where we're, you know the big reason why we're here today is agnes of god so I guess my, my, my first question with that is, you know, I'm guessing that came to you through an audition process, like, you know, sent a script sent to your agent, agent sends it to you, they send you in, correct? Is that how it went? Yeah. 
Oh, okay, so what happened with Agnes was, so I don't, I didn't remember, I thought that what, oh, Impulse was, yeah, Impulse was, okay. Impulse was after I had come back from Czechoslovakia, I was supposed to do Amadeus, and that was the part of a lifetime. And, and it was that was really painful to lose that when I tore all the ligaments in my leg the day before we started shooting. And they had to cast somebody who fit my clothes because the insurance wouldn't cover because I hadn't, hadn't shot. And I had been, uh, Milos had cast me. I'd been the first person he had cast. And then he had me audition with a lot of other people. So it was really, 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 really devastating. It took me six months to get that part. So I came back. I was on crutches. My leg, I'd been an operation in a Czechoslovakia in a hospital. They had snuck me in because I wasn't allowed to be there. Um, but there was a really good a surgeon that Milos knew who works on the Olympic Committee and stuff. And so, because if I didn't get it operated on, I wouldn't be able to walk. It was like all complicated. Um, so, so the thing was, is that I came back from that. And the reason impulse happened was my husband at the time, that was quite a challenging situation that he was doing a film and I went with him on the set and the actress that they had, that they said they had locked down, uh, apparently fell out three days before they started to shoot. And so he and the director took me out to dinner and asked me to do it. And I didn't want to do it because it wasn't a film that I wanted to do at all, but, but, they said that the 150 people, the crew, would all um, not get paid, and and um, so I did it. So that was a, a one that really wasn't close to my heart, and mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have chosen to do at that point in my career. So that was challenging because then I was auditioning for when I was pregnant with my um, with my daughter. So then the pregnancy happened on that film. And then um, when I was pregnant, I read the play of Agnes of God. And then I heard that Norman Joseph was going to do it. And I thought, I thought, okay, obviously they should use Amanda Plummer because she's a brilliant actress. I just saw her for a short period in the world, according to Garp, mm-hmm. but her performance just as that woman was just ripped me apart. It was like, oh my gosh. So I knew she was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant actress. And I thought, you know, um, they'll they'll probably use her, but if they don't, and they're going to use somebody who's more Hollywood or whatever, in terms of whatever, then I'm going to give myself the best shot possible. So I started working on the on the play, just like working on the play. There was no screenplay yet. And I just started working on working on it and I couldn't find a way in. And then one day I realized that because I was pregnant, so I wasn't acting anyway, um, I was I was taking classes so with Peggy Fury. And um, so uh, one day all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, it's not whether she it was a uh, God or whether it was a priest or a farmhand. That's not for me to know what it, what it is, is what she believes. And she believes it was God. And that's all I need to know. So when I took the jury and the judge out of it, all of a sudden I was able to slip into her skin. So it got very, very close. And it was between myself and I think it was Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know if they were considering somebody else, but I know it was between the two of us. 
and then I got it. But what I found out after when I was shooting it was Neela Schwarman um, had um, heard Norman Jewison had, oh, so Norman Jewison had gone to see Impulse and was backing away from using me. And Milos Forman heard that he what might uh, heard that uh, Norman Jewison was considering me, and he called him. He was on his way to uh, Europe to do the um, press conferences for Amadeus, and he called Norman and he said, "You have to use her." This, well, he, this is what I heard. This is what Norman told me. I'm not bragging about myself, but he said she's brilliant. And what he did is he had his driver. He was on his way to the airport. He had his driver turn around go back to his apartment and, or no, it was his apartment or no, it might've been his house in Connecticut and pick up the, the tapes that he did of our rehearsals and of my screen test. And he had them Federal Express to Norma Jewison and Norma Jewison got those. And he, uh, on the, on the basis of that, he decided to go with me. And I didn't even know until after we were shooting and, and Norman told me, um, and it was a random act of kindness. Milos, I, I wasn't friends with Milos. I didn't, you know, I, I loved him as a director and I'd been heartbroken as to not to do um, Amadeus to play Constanza, but uh, what an act of kindness that he did for me. And so I got to be Agnes and um, that was such a gift. You have been listening to a clip from one of our Academy Queens bonus episodes. If you would like to hear all of this episode and the rest of our sensational bonus content, please prance on over to patreon.com slash academyqueens and join our queendom.